0: And we are back after taking last week off to visit the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. We're back here in the Spooky Studio for another edition of Spooky South Coast. And tonight it's going to be one of our infamous Paranormal Potpourri episodes where we talk about a variety of topics. But I I have an idea in mind of something that I want to discuss, something that we haven't talked about really very much at all here on the show, and something that we certainly haven't talked about amongst ourselves in a long time. So we're going to do that tonight, and we'll take your calls as well throughout the course of the program and we'll give you all that information of how you can call in and join in in just a few moments as we begin episode 400. Wait, let me check my computer. For, for, 489, episode 489. That, that joke is getting old. i got to just stop. Episode 489 of Spooky South Coast starts right now. The Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the Silent Assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. We are live here on WBSM and broadcasting on SpookySouthCoast.com and on our Spooky South Coast app, which more and more people are downloading. Yes, they are. People were asking me last week, "Are you guys on the air?" And I said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna be at Lizzie Borden's for an event, but we want you to download the Spooky South Coast app so you can catch all the previous shows." And so that's what folks were doing. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for joining us as we talk about the paranormal pretty much each and every Saturday night. We're entering into baseball season here, which means we'll probably be broadcasting just on Spooky TV for a lot of the shows. So you're going to want to make sure that you download the apps so that you don't miss any of it. Because what can we do? You know, people like the Red Sox. We're going to have the Red Sox games here on the station.
1: I can't blame them. I'm a huge fan myself, so...
0: I could start testing your, your knowledge of the team.
1: Don't do that now. All right. It's too late for that.
0: I, I always love that when people are like,
1: oh, I'm a huge fan.
0: I'm like, I'm a sports writer.
1: Like, well, you're going to beat me any day anyway. Well, not about
0: the Red Sox. I don't really like baseball. I mean, I like baseball, but like, I don't really pay attention to it. It's not that I don't like it. You know what I like? Ghosts. That's what I like to pay attention to. Ghosts. I love ghosts, too. And that's what we'll be talking about tonight.
1: I like ghosts more than I like the Red Sox.
0: That's probably fair.
1: I think so.
0: Well, go stick around. The Red Sox, you know, they usually get a couple of years out of them and then they move on.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I still love them.
0: Also, I'm wondering, I'm just trying to think in my head, you know, we, how long it's been, but we, it was definitely well before you were here as part of the program, but we did do the Haunted Baseball show. Yeah, I was going that. Because they wrote two books. Mm. They wrote Haunted Baseball and more Haunted Baseball. Right. Those was some pretty good stories there, too.
1: Well, I heard Fenway is really haunted.
0: Well, you know, back in the day when uh, our good friend Kristen Gartland was on Ghost Hunters and she was in charge of trying to find locations, mm-hmm. we actually spent, because, you know, we, um, I said, hey, listen, there's a lot of the, we're, I'm reading this book, we have these guys on the show talking about haunted baseball. There's a lot of very interesting stories coming from these stadiums. Let's see if, you know, we could get into one of them for you guys for an episode. And so... Great. We were trying to pull it off so that we could get into Fenway Park and the old Yankee Stadium, because you know how Ghost Hunters used to do two locations in an episode, so yes. you would have like one place at the beginning, that's one like place old at the school, end. Yeah. So that was kind of what I wanted to do. Was I wanted to have it so that you know they could do both of those places and it would play on the rivalry and everything. And Kristen's like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." So like mm-hmm. you know, being a sports writer, I was able to kind of help her find the right people to talk to to make it happen, but. I forget what the hang up was, but we never got to make it happen. And then they go and they tear down the old Yankee Stadium, so it just wouldn't be the same now if they tried to do it.
1: I think we should try. Also, it to also,
0: there's no more ghost hunters, so there's that problem too.
1: Yeah, but there's us.
0: Well, there's plenty of other ghost shows too that would be willing to do it. There
1: is. I'm willing like to do it. I'm volunteering myself. I want to go to Fenway and ghost hunt.
0: Would you want to? Uh, you know, would you want to go and kind of? I mean, uh, I guess if you're a fan, you kind of want to go and learn all the ins and outs. But it's also it's going to pull back some of the the pull back some of the curtain for you to go and see that too. Think so? Yeah, because all of a sudden now you're going to go and experience the fact that you know it's Fenway is kind of a dump. See you later, Matt. <laughs> is he leaving us? He, um, f- when you think about it, Fenway is kind of a dump. Like, I've
1: done the Fenway tour,
0: but is that all the insides, the inner nooks and crannies?
1: It was a lot, actually. I was really surprised at how much they bring you into. It. Their offices are beautiful. Like, inside, there's nothing, like, dirty, nothing you would expect, at least, um, from an old stadium like that. But even um, the restaurants and everything else, it looked great. Like, people get married there. Um, you should see the shots that they take for, like, bridal magazines, too, because I uh, considered it, because Brennan's the biggest fan on the planet. So, um, it was actually really nice. Cuz listen, you
0: know I, I worked a lot at at TD Garden covering the Celtics. Right. And yeah. it's a relatively new facility. It's probably it's probably a little probably about 25 years old now. Uh between 20 and 25 years old. They get open up in like 95 officially. Right. So yeah, so I'm a little over 20 years old. But if you walk like cuz I would I I cover the Celtics, so I come out of the tunnel right. and I would Come out of the tunnel into the arena bowl,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and as you're coming out of the tunnel and into the arena, you can see underneath all the seats,
1: which is disgusting, and for it's sure.
0: terrible under there. I mean, they do the best job they can to clean it, but mm-hmm. it's terrible, and you can see like gigantic rats running oh, inside now. So that's why I'm saying like it might ruin you to get unfettered access to a place like mm-hmm. Fenway Park because you're going to be like, oh, there's like leaky, leaky toilet pipes you know, back well, here. You expect and giant that everywhere you go.
1: And- just because not every stadium can be brand new and beautiful, and it's people not every that place ruin can it. be
0: Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium is immaculate.
1: Right, but there's just something magical and mysterious about Fenway Park. Let's Man. do it. Let's do it.
0: Oh, I don't want to. You can. You can do it.
1: You don't want to be on my team for this one.
0: I just want. I just want to get unlimited access to Cuban sandwiches. If okay, we fine. If happen. we feed you, will you
1: go? Probably. Okay.
0: Although Me the too. Red Sox charge you if you're in the media, like you have to. It's like the only. Sports team in right. Boston that they charge you to eat the food.
1: I don't care; it's good food.
0: Not not, had, not for the media.
1: No, see, when's the last time I went to Fenway? Um, I think I went after, but I was at the game. No, um, no, see, you're
0: making the you're making the mistake of thinking that the media gets the same thing that you can go and buy at the concession stands. Mm, no, you get no, something it doesn't, worse. Doesn't work that way. Really? Eh, it depends. It, but, it really depends.
1: Well, Gillette feeds you very well, so.
0: Gillette does. You've seen the photos.
1: I have seen the photos. We had a thing going on for a while where every single time that you went to a game, you'd send me a picture. Cause I, was I, I haven't been
0: life. to a Celtics game in a while, but there was a woman named Blanche mm-hmm. who worked in the kitchen that was just the nicest woman in the world, and she would know like what you liked. She'd be like, oh, I'm so glad that you're here because we're having your favorite tonight. Like She knew like, awesome. what you liked. And There was a night that they served Mako Shark. And I had not happened oh. to mention how much I liked Mako Shark mm-hmm. and that I hadn't had it in years and everything. And she grabbed me as I was getting my backpack later on in the night and she was like, Here and she hands me like a thing and she's like, I, I, I saved you some of the leftover Mako Shark. I was like, Thank you. That's disgusting. It was like on top of like a salad or
1: something. It was you know,
0: just like a little bit, but you know, it was it was pretty cool. I mean I've had some pretty good media meals, I've had some pretty bad media meals, but Ever. none of this has anything to do with the paranormal.
1: No, it's not, but Adam Barry is watching us live right now, and he said hi, but he also said he wants to investigate behind the green monster, so.
0: Well, I I guess if anybody could make it happen, it would be
1: Adam. I'm going to call him my partner in crime is, on this one, because you won't come with me. Isn't he supposed to be working an event tonight? No, they're going to Hawaii. I thought
0: there's, I well, thought.
1: they're on the Queen Mary The Queen Mary first, event's yes. still
0: going on tonight.
1: Yeah, but they might not have anything going on right now.
0: That's because I'm not there. If I was there, <laughs> there'd be drunken karaoke happening. Listen, I heard from one of the one of the escapees last night that the karaoke on the ship is terrible. And I said, well, that's perfect then, because that's the only kind of karaoke I can I, do. It's yes. terrible karaoke.
1: He said not right now. <laughs> um, Hey, they have some good weather right now and we have an nor'easter coming. So I'm a little jealous. Yeah, let's
0: not talk about that. Ugh. We're going to forget that. It's going to be rain. It's
1: gonna yes, turn into it's going to be rain.
0: So t- what I was thinking tonight, uh, we're not going to have the Week in Weird, by the way. Uh, Melody's work schedule is not allowing her to join us tonight, so we'll skip the Week in Weird. We'll save it for next week. Right. Uh, but again, we'll remind everybody out there that we are posting stories throughout the week. Matt and Chris do a fantastic job. Melody's getting into the mix of posting these weird news-, news stories up there on our social media, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, so you have to follow us on all of social media. You see these stories, and then we want your thoughts, your opinions. They can be serious things. They mm-hmm. can be jokes. You know, you can be a bit of a wise-ass if you want, as many of our listeners are. Yes. And then Melody's going to compile some of the best comments over the course of the week. And so when we read the stories here on the show, it won't be all of us reacting to the stories. It'll be all of your reactions to the stories. Because, you know, it's it's about the fans. It's about the listeners. It's about of the course. people out there. That's what we care about. We don't care what each other thinks.
1: That's my favorite part. You know, having... I mean, I'm talking a little slow right now because I'm literally following three different feeds on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube. But I'm interacting with everybody that's listening with us right now from all over the world. And that's my favorite part about doing the show because I get to meet new people, I get to talk about my passion with people that have the same, you know, interests or hobbies or a passion themselves for it. So that's my favorite. So reach out to us definitely.
0: And I and I forget sometimes that this isn't an easy topic for everybody to discuss, right? Because we do it anyway.
1: Well, we're weird, so.
0: But I mean, we just come in and talk about it anyway, and yep. and we talk about it amongst ourselves, and we have a group of friends that are, you know, this is something that we talk about, and a lot of the times, you know, we'll be having conversations on social media with people, right? That don't even have anything to do with ghosts, but they're people who are in the field, right? So you can always kind of mix in a ghost part of the discussion anytime, right? So I forget sometimes how some people still feel uneasy. I forget about how before you even started coming on this show, right. it was an uneasy topic for you to deal with a lot of the times for a lot of people. You were yeah, still kind I of keeping you. it hiding a little bit. Mm. So I, I forget about that. But as I was, I was mentioning, you know, we uh, somebody reached out last week and said, I'm trying to get, well, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm interested in this and I don't know anybody else that is.
1: We get a lot of those emails, though.
0: We do. and But the answer that I always give is the same thing. Mm-hmm. We'll just talk about it. Because if you don't, you're not going to know who's into it and who isn't.
1: It's, it's really true. But um, I
0: forget the judgmental factor of it.
1: The judgment is a hard reality. It really is. Um, God, I remember being a kid, like elementary school. And I'm sure you did the same thing. But in elementary school, like, computers weren't really a thing yet. And not everybody had one in their house. And... I was going to the library. I was taking out books on every paranormal topic known to man, any weird history, you know, different things like that. And I would be the kid, you know, sitting with my, um, my, like, textbook in class. And I'd have my weird little ghost book on the inside and I'd be reading that instead. And I did it all the time, um, you know, acted like my parents didn't know what I was doing. But I would do it while I was doing my homework, too. I absolutely loved it. But I kept it a secret for so long because. Telling people that you are interested in ghosts—I remember my friends always saying because I lived in a really old house, like, "Oh, your house is haunted," and like not wanting to come over, or you know, making jokes about it. And I always just thought, God, if they only really knew, um, I wouldn't have any friends. And I—I uh, kind of blame you for uh, forcing me to hey, bring that fact. Listen, up to I the never
0: forced any woman to do anything she didn't want to do. Don't be spreading stories about me.
1: I'm spreading this story about you. Actually, it's documented in an episode, so.
0: But that's kind of the the thing that you know, because I, I don't think I hit a lot of judgment from people when I started to get into this. I mean, it also helped that from the day that I started doing the show, you know, my best friends by my side the whole time, mm-hmm. that I've had Matt here as somebody who could you know because he's not somebody who is a full-out believer. Very true. So it it helped me that he would kind of keep me grounded because I could just tell by the look on his face if I was telling him something that he's, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he's thinking in his head like, whoa, slow down, take a step back. And, but I always had somebody who was like a sounding board and I do it with you as well where, mm-hmm. you know, I run into people who might be, I don't want to say skeptical, but people who just might not even like just think it's ridiculous. You know, people who just think that it's stupid to do what it is that we do. Right. And I can go to Matt and I can go to you and I can go to Chris and I can go to Moni's and I can say, can you believe that this still exists, that people still have this mindset about it? You know, it's okay if you don't want to believe in it. But at this point, there's enough of it going on and enough attention being paid to it that you really can't second guess somebody's decision to spend time on it.
1: Right. It's, I think... Well, be
0: careful how much you throw around the mainstream word because it's not mainstream.
1: More mainstream than it was.
0: It's a little bigger than it was. Um... But I think we also tend to overestimate how much it is spread. You know, for example, like people are like, Oh, paranormal television, it's everywhere. Well, no, it's not really everywhere. It's It's on it's on two networks.
1: What made me feel like it was a little bit more mainstream because you know, Ghost Hunters has been a thing for a while and that was pretty much the first show in this generation at least that broke out and made people think about paranormal investigation, you know, not necessarily like the ghost thing or not necessarily you know psychic phenomena whatever it was just a a investigation and that this actually occurs and um you know that helped and it hurt a little bit because people just assume that you go in for an hour and that's it they don't realize that you're there for days at a time or you're there for eight hours straight in the dark alone talking to yourself um but i knew the the moment this past fall where um my aunt started calling my mom and saying hey does Stephanie watch Paranormal Lockdown or what is this show? Is it scary or this or that? And then she called back again and said, hey, I just saw her face on the TV. What's going on? So people are getting into the paranormal or the question of the paranormal a little bit more than they used to because it's being pushed in their faces a little bit more and they're not necessarily, you know, looking at it the way that you and I do. Mm-hmm. But it's still becoming like that question of does this exist is is being brought up more. It I don't know if it'll ever get to the level of, you know, what it could, but I mean, we've had, you know, like the, the show, um, did you ever see it with Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, the Ghost Ghost Whisperer?
0: No, I never really watched it. It was
1: actually good, but it was of I know the
0: backstory of it. Well, yeah, but it was based on a true, a real person.
1: James Van Prague.
0: Well, he was one of the people that, it's actually based on Marianne Winkowski, I think I'm saying Um, that right.
1: But he's the one that worked on it to bring the conversation, um, to like a, a reality type of. Level rather than just totally faked. Um, but
0: see, that's the thing: is like people people make that assumption that you know the paranormal will be real and it'll be accepted when everybody's talking about it. No, it won't. But no, no but that's not what makes it accepted. It's, what makes it accepted is the fact that nobody needs to talk about it anymore.
1: Right. People don't realize that it actually questions like your entire belief system.
0: It when it's when it stops being something that people have to talk about, you know, when it's mm-hmm. when it can just be something that just we accept happens. Then that's when it becomes normal.
1: I I don't know. I kind of like it how it is now. I don't know if I want it to go full blown mainstream.
0: Well, it won't. So you don't have to worry about it. Okay. It never will. You never know. No, absolutely. It it will never go mainstream because part of the fact, part of the problem is, you'll always have people that won't be believers until it happens to them, and it doesn't happen to enough people mm-hmm. for that to be the case. But also, the other problem is there's a huge religious backlash to it. Right. And as long as we let religion dictate where society goes, mm-hmm. which, let's face it, it's always going to be that way, then you, there's always going to be a brick wall that you're trying to push up against.
1: I agree with you. But I think I probably one of the biggest problems that I deal with regularly is people don't realize how often paranormal phenomena actually happens to them. They just brush it off as something, you know, everyday type of,
0: soon, soon on name in the chat room just mm-hmm. brought up a good point he said mainstream what would be the reaction if donald trump said the white house was haunted
1: i was trying not to go there with politics but well
0: no but I, would, i'm just using that not as a political right. decision but i'm using that as you know here is a person who is supposed to be an authoritative individual mm-hmm. a person in power and a person who has the eyes of the world on them coming out and saying there's ghosts here i believe right. there's ghosts here i'm acknowledging their existence and they're around me, first of all, other presidents have, that, have said that. Right. But the problem is, like, what happens immediately, because of the connotations of believing in ghosts, mm. it immediately becomes fodder for your enemies and fodders for your detractors. So even though Elizabeth Warren could live in the most haunted house in the world, yep. and com- Elizabeth Warren could spend her weekends going out with a paranormal research team,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and documenting the existence of the paranormal, and think that every place she goes is haunted. She could be getting possessed by ghosts, like she was Zach Bagans every weekend. <laughs> uh-huh. But then, when Donald Trump would come out and say uh, the White House is very haunted, there's ghosts all around me, I'm not going to do a bad Donald Trump impression. Then Liz Warren would stand up and be like, "Can you believe this guy? He believes in ghosts!" You know, right. and it would just become it would become well, fodder I think for it's her.
1: Probably because you're talking about two people that. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but the world of social media ruins everything. That is what I will say. Because other presidents have said it, and they were well-respected.
0: Well, but they've said it in a way, you know, it's not like, they're not holding a White House press conference and being like, you know, no. good evening, my fellow Americans, this place is haunted as, you know, yeah. like, it's, right. it's just something that has kind but of I been brought up and passed. No
1: matter who does it, no matter where it said, how it said, You're always going to have half, like take people as a whole, break them in half. Half of the people are going to believe in it and half of the people are not going to bother with it because they don't want to believe in it. And those people that do not want to believe in it, there's nothing that you could, you might be able to sway maybe a quarter of them, an eighth of them, but you're never going to sway all of them. And And it goes like that with anything. It goes like that
0: in believing anything.
1: Absolutely. So it, it's a choice and everybody has their own.
0: So it's interesting because part of what I want to talk about tonight as we do a a Paranormal Potpourri episode and the number to call in is 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can call in at any point during the show and join in the conversation and feel free if we're talking about something to interrupt us. And it can be really about anything. We're not not going to limit it to just this topic tonight, but we've been – I think everybody out there kind of knows I've been working on a new TV show. A new kind of of new. (laughs) Just I'm working on a project. It's 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 another, it's it's going to be for television. Mm -hmm. And I've been looking for haunted places, not locations, not single locations, but like a town Mm -hmm. or a neighborhood or a city, a place where there's multiple places being affected by activity where that activity might be connected. And so, in doing that, I've been researching a lot of places that have spiritual histories and that led into a lot of places that have spiritualism histories. Right. And, you know, we're lucky enough here in on the south coast of Massachusetts that we actually had the second, if I'm correct, it's a, it was the second biggest spiritualist camp outside of Lilydale, New York was in Onset, Massachusetts during the Victorian era, during yep. the, the latter half of the 1800s and there was a very big camp there of people who would Observe and practice spiritualism. Then they would move. They eventually moved out of that camp and settled there, and started building all these great Victorian houses that are still around to mm-hmm. this day. And there's still a branch of the spiritualist church in onset to this day. And they have the wigwam where they go out and they have certain ceremonies, and they open it up in the summertime for people to come and visit. So there is a very strong connection still there. Right. Obviously, Lilydale is going to be number one.
1: Obviously, because yes. that
0: it's never gone away there in finding some of these other places where spiritualism reigns what used to reign supreme mm-hmm. you know it's it's not anything that's still part of their history it's something that's kind of gone beyond the societal history of that area right and i think that there's a mistake cuz i got into this argument with one of my co-producers is the idea that there is that spiritualism's something of the past and that It's not really something people believe in anymore. Uh, People have debunked it. They decided that people who were practicing spiritualism were frauds. And that's not the case at all. And these methods that we look at as being archaic are really just the same methods that we use now. Mm -hmm. And this is why we we get into this argument all the time with people. For example, we went to the SK Pierce House in November, did an event there. Right. And what do I bring with me to every Legend Trips event? A Ouija board. Multiple Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. Because people, some people want to use them. Right. And we have fun with them and we have experiences with them. And we walk to the door and I start, you know, I'm just carrying in my stuff. I'll put this call on hold for a second. I'm carrying in my stuff and I got my boxes of Ouija boards on top and and Marion looks at it and says, oh, no, you can't have Ouija boards in this house. We don't allow it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, but.
1: We had to sign a paper that said that we wouldn't use them.
0: But I said, how is the Ouija board different mm-hmm. than anything else that we're using in this box tonight? Except for the connotation that people make with it. Right. So we can get into all that and we will.
1: That's a big topic. You sure we have time for that?
0: Well, we have an hour and a half, so we got plenty of time. Just kidding. But uh, we do have a call on the line, so we'll take that. And you can call in at 508 996 0500. 877-996-1420. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you?
3: Hi, Tim. Hello. I have um, a question that I want to ask you.
0: Okay.
3: And it's a personal situation that recently arose in the house that I grew up in. Okay. Um, I lived in that house for... 25, 26 years with my parents. And um, recently, my mother had to go into a rehab, so I encouraged my older daughter to go and kind of babysit the house. And my father, he passed away in that house from cancer. He wanted to die at home. And... Um, after a couple of days, my daughter told me that there was uh spooky things going on that she was not comfortable with,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I kind of just boohooed it because I said, I grew up in that house. I know that there was nothing going on. I never had any negative feelings, and... um she had told me how that um, at night she would hear banging in the cellar that would shake the floor of the house or cabinet doors would open. after She'd leave the room in the kitchen. She'd come back in, and the doors would be open. Um and so Or the, the doors in the house, two indoor, inside doors that led to the cellar. They left open for the cat to go down to his box. Mm-hmm. They would be closed at various times, and they'd never close them. So I went to the house, and the only thing I could think of was, you know, my father passing right. away. But I said... I t- I tried talking to him in the cellar and I said, "Dad, why would you do something like this to your granddaughter? You know, you're frightening her. If it is you, and um I said, "If it's you, give me a sign." So um, they had my daughter told me they have a baby. The baby was in the bedroom and they would hear music coming over the baby monitor but they did not have any music playing mm-hmm. and it was like chimes so that night when I got home I was talking to my father and uh, I said give me a sign so about 2.30 in the morning I woke up thinking about the music and on my landline my phone chimed twice hmm so I said well maybe that's an answer it's my father but still like I I just was uh, you know just kind of taken aback by this whole thing well, right yeah I
0: mean so I mean just so I have the timeline right your daughter moved into the house before? Your father passed or after he had passed in the house?
3: Oh, no, after. Okay. So, many, many years after. Okay, so... Over 20 years after. So it's possible
0: then that, you know, it's it's your daughter that is the one who is susceptible to this kind of stuff happening. So it might not even be the fact that, you know, it looks, you could stand in the, in, in the basement and say to your father, like, I want to talk to you here, but it could be the fact that, you know, she's what's drawing him out. You know, you can have a situation like Stephanie where Stephanie can interact with spirits better than, you know, I can, where sometimes it's just the right people are there at the right time. Um, But the fact that, you know, you asked for a validation there and you got one makes me think that that's that's probably what's around your family. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's anything. It's scary because it's unknown, but it doesn't sound like it's anything that's, you know, negative and trying to, to hurt anybody in any way.
3: No, no, it, I don't think it was to hurt. It was just just like you said it was scary.
0: Right. And it's only scary because you you don't understand it. In all actuality, it's you know, it's most of the time when loved ones Stephanie you deal with this more than I do, so right. you can speak to it better, but you know, even when loved ones are trying to reach out and say hi to you,
1: yeah, if you're not getting the message right away or easily um or noticing the little things that are happening, they'll take it to the next level. Obviously with, you know, cabinet doors opening and noises and different things like that to get attention because they want to um, make sure that you know that they're around,
0: and because you have to figure out the difference between what is just your own mind yes. remembering them, right. as opposed to them reaching out. So you know, say for example, you know, you you have a, a a certain cup in your cabinet that you know when when your father always came over, that would be the cup that he would want his coffee in, and so then all of a sudden you start to find that cup right in the front of the cabinet, and you're just like, oh, that cup's making me think of dad. But you don't realize that it's actually your dad that's moving that cup to the forefront for you to see it. So, it, and sometimes if those little subtle uh, gestures to let you know that they're around don't do the trick, then they got to try something a little bit more drastic.
3: Right. I see. And do you also believe that animals have the ability to see spirits?
1: Yes. Um, certain species of animals are much more intuitive. Um, and actually, certain breeds of different species are more intuitive than others. For example, um, you know, dogs and cats can be really receptive to um, those on the other side, but a dog like a German Shepherd is way more in tune with the universe in general um, than, say, a Chihuahua. So, um, horses are extremely intuitive animals as well. Um, so, absolutely, they will definitely notice things that are around you. Um, but obviously, you know, having. Uh, domestic animals like a cat or a dog are more intuitive than, say, a bunny rabbit. Yeah, that's
3: what I thought because she asked us. She she stayed in the house for a week, and she said, "Can you can my husband and I come over and stay until her boyfriend got home?" Because uh, from work, because she was she was afraid. So I said, "Okay." And so up to this point, I had been at the house several times and hadn't noticed anything. So we're sitting, um, and we're in the living room, and we have a direct angle into the kitchen to see. um, And the cat was sitting on the couch next to us, and that cat kept just staring into the kitchen, His eyes as wide as I've ever seen them. Very uncomfortable. I've never seen the cat acting the way he had. I truly believe he was seeing something.
0: I mean, I used to watch the cat at my aunt's haunted house. I'd watch the cat sit on top of the wood stove and just stare down the hallway and move its head watching this figure go up and down the hallway that nobody else could see. And... It would react to it, and it, you know, it it wasn't scared by it, but it was enough that it was watching it with a a much more intense eye than it would any living person. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully, we hopefully we helped a little bit. This is this is local. I take it. Yes. Yes. So. In New Bedford. Always good to hear from a, a local person, and, and if you if you feel like it reaches the point where you need uh, any assistance with it, you can always just email us Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. dot
3: Okay. Thank you very much. You as well. You're Have welcome. a great night. You too.
0: Bye bye. You know, we we hear that Stephanie. We hear that um, a lot of times, loved ones are trying to reach out to us, and it doesn't right. matter how many years have gone by, right? You know, it could be any amount of time where they might want to have. Yeah, and it can happen because there could be something going on in your life. For example, right. in this, you know, a new baby mm-hmm. certainly could draw the interest of a, a loved one who is no longer with us. Right. Uh, it happened, you know, in, in my family where we've. Had loved ones who had passed away that, you know, all of a sudden the the, the little babies start calling of course. to the right. grandparents by their first name. You know, yeah.
1: Um, How'd you know that name? My my kid's a weirdo, anyways, but she does plenty of that at my parents' house, especially um, where she actually crawls up to the um, back of my mother's couch and tries to stand on the back of the couch up against the wall. And tries to take my grandmother's picture off the wall. Um, My grandmother passed when I was seven, so she has absolutely no idea who that is. Um, And we had to take the picture off the wall because it's the only, like, picture that we have that's framed of her. And we don't want it to get ruined because she actually ripped it off the wall and started running around with it. Um, As
0: as you're talking, I go from one fast food to another. You do.
1: You do. So... We took the picture down and we put it in the other room. (laughs) She came back to the house and realized it was gone and started yelling at my mother and pointing her finger in her face and everything, you know, in baby language. Mm -hmm. um, Because she was mad that the picture wasn't there. But we, you know, until she can be trusted, we can't put it back. So, Um, but, you know, my parents didn't really deal with any um, paranormal activity in their home. Their home is well over 200 years old until I was born. And certain people's energies and psychic imprints change the energy in a location
0: i mean look at the lizzie borden house it was a private residence for so long that never had any activity going on at all and now it's one of the most haunted places in the world
1: it all depends
0: the right thing draws it out or maybe it's just a matter of the right time comes along or this is one of the things that we were discussing
1: or some people are just totally oblivious to any type of paranormal activity I have seen it happen. I've seen it right in front of me, and I can't believe that people are that oblivious to it, but it's almost like they just kind of desensitize themselves to it. They just don't care.
0: Let's look at it as a door. Okay. There's a door that separates our world and Mm -hmm. the world of the dead, the world, whatever you want to refer to it as, whatever you think is the quote-unquote other side. So there's a door. Now, that door swings both ways. Right. That door... Can be forced open
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the side of the dead, where you have a place where there's tragedy or you know, a murder takes place or something like that. That can kind of force that door open. That that right. psychic burst of energy
2: mm-hmm.
0: can force that. But I think there's also places where that door can be pushed open, you know, more cautiously open from the side of the living. And I think that that's what a lot of these spiritualist places are. Mm -hmm. You know, these places where spiritualism was very strong, I think that they did that because they were there opening that door on a daily basis. Right. That just because you stopped looking through it doesn't mean that the door closed. Right. It's
1: it's almost like, I tell everybody all the time, you're leaving a psychic imprint. If you walked up and down a hallway every single day nonstop for 20 years, which is equivalent to, you know, practicing in one location for that long – you're eventually going to wear through the rug or you're going to wear through the floor and you're going to leave a literal physical imprint there. It's the same thing with energy. You're leaving a physical, you know, imprint on energy. So a place like that, um, I tell people all the time on a smaller scale, people ask me to come to their house and do a reading or they'll ask me to come and do a table tipping, especially table tipping readings and table tipping are very similar. I will not do a table tipping session in the middle of somebody's house. I won't even do it in my own house because if anybody's ever seen the movie Hocus Pocus, when they steal the witch's book and they open it, the big old light shoots out of the book and into the air and only the witches can see the light. It's kind of like the same thing. It's like turning I'm you old, old. I've never seen. Oh, you. You're a terrible person. Actually, um, our friend Alicia was going to go to Salem with me and I told her her homework was to watch Hocus Pocus or she wasn't coming with me at all. <laughs> so... Homework for you, too. You can't go to Salem with me unless you've seen uh, it.
0: I'm on the poster, so... It doesn't matter. I don't have to see it. It doesn't on.
1: matter. You have to. It's a staple. I've, so, already,
0: I've already been there.
1: Um, so it's the same thing. Like, you know, you've you've been with me going to a haunted location. I'm like the flashlight in the dark. You know, things just tend to happen either around me, to me, or if you're with me, you've been, you know, you've taken the brunt of it, too. So doing something like table tipping will actually create a temporary portal so that way spirits can come in and out very easily. So when you leave and you close down that portal, all you're leaving is a bunch of people that are attracted to that light coming and wondering what the heck just happened. Um, I live right near well my parents live right near a cemetery and every single time I did table tipping um, we call it the barn. It was a barn at one point on my parents' property. I would do it there not in the house. And you would be able to see things that were happening, you know, shadows walking by and everything else, because they were just coming on down the street because they saw the light. So doing that in a place continuously, day in and day out and day in and day out, energy knows, spirits know, let me go here. This is where this was happening. Maybe I can get some help there. So it doesn't go away. You can't make it go away.
0: And that's kind of what I was, what I was alluding to uh, earlier in the show is that that era – of spirit yep. communication was, and uh, let's not fool ourselves either. You know, it wasn't like in in the latter half of the 1800s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like everybody was into spiritualism. It was still a, a very niche thing.
1: It was, but it did it did pick up some uh, some followers along the way.
0: If I remember the numbers, uh, I I had the numbers in my head, That's and I okay. just lost them. I won't test you. But it, there was there was a very large following worldwide. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And especially in the United States. It kind of became a craze.
0: And it made sense because, and I would probably say it's the, what we are experiencing right now in terms of the paranormal boom, yes. the paranormal boom that's going on right now is probably the closest thing that we've had to that spiritualism craze. Right. It's just, it's a different way of doing it, but it's the it's same bit, thing.
1: Yeah. It's modern.
0: And spiritualism took such a prominent role in the late 1800s because everybody was losing loved ones in the Civil War. Right. Uh, Everybody had somebody that they knew that died, whether it be a friend or a relative or you know it, it hit everybody so close to home that there was a profound sense of grief and loss mm-hmm. surrounding the entire country and spiritualism is a way to kind of reach out to those loved ones and realize that what even though they gave their life in this terrible tragedy that could have been avoided in in actuality they were in a better place, and they were happier and better off, and right. it became consolation for the living. So I think that that's kind of what made it so popular was the catharsis of it, the emotional feeling of it. It had nothing to do with the actual spirit communication that was taking place. And I think that in the end, when you look at spiritualism, you say, well, it was f- full of hoaxers and, and full of frauds and full of that. You know what?
1: You can get that anywhere for anything, So, anytime.
0: But so is today's paranormal yep. world. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't help people. Right. And that doesn't mean that there aren't some people who are legit. And I tell you all the time, mm-hmm. we talk about this all the time. We fight about, well, we don't really fight about it, but we, we discuss all the time yep. when there's people that we think claim to have the same abilities that you have and are just faking their way through it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know somebody's faking it yep. and you say, I really want to tell people that that person's faking it and that they're wasting their time. Right. As a rational person, I want to say to you, like, don't go and give them money. Stop spending $80 a week in a phone reading with this person. You know, stop spending $300 to get a Skype reading from this person. Like, cut it out. And, I'm, and I say this person. It's not any particular person, but we, we've we seen it. Pick ha-
1: a list. <laughs>
0: but, but that's the thing is you can go and watch somebody mm-hmm. on YouTube or see somebody even right. on television and realize, like, this, person's just, that this person is just cold reading. Yeah. You know, and, and how many, uh, you know, psychics and mediums do we have on our Facebooks that are like, I'm doing free Facebook readings right mm-hmm. now for the next hour. Yeah. And we say, like, listen, this is, 99% of this stuff is crap.
1: People actually ask me, like, why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I don't do it because everybody else is. I don't do it because it's not going to help any type of credibility whatsoever. I don't want to be that person. And I don't want to be that person for those reasons. But...
0: I mean, and I'm not saying that everybody that does that is right. incredible. I'm sure there's no, some people. No, no, I'm are. not either. But some people might say, Hey, I've got this gift and it's I don't want to make people, money off it. I want to give it out to the right. world.
1: There's too many people that don't have the gift that are doing that just to right. gain attention. Um, because it's very easy to hide behind a computer nowadays and just make a name for yourself to become famous, to get on T V because that's pretty much everybody's end game at this point. Um which I'm not about. So Um, I know I say that. Well, I
0: don't think it's everybody's, but I think that there's always, you have to be cautious of the fact that that can be Mm -hmm. somebody's motivation.
1: Absolutely. It's motivation for regular people at home that want to get on TV too. So it's the same thing, but, um, go on. I interrupted you.
0: No, that's all right. Okay. But the, the issue that I have with it is if it's helping somebody, then what's the hurt? Mm, I... And that's this kind is of, where we never agree. And this is where the discussion mm-hmm. comes up because if I have somebody in my life who is greatly affected by the death of somebody, mm-hmm. and they start going to somebody who I know is garbage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, let's just say, a, you know, a storefront, you know, palm reading neon sign in the windows. Come in, she's got the crystal ball.
1: The well, crystal balls aren't all that bad. If you but I'm just them. saying like the whole right, – okay. I'm saying
0: the whole setup. Right, know? right. No, I'm talking like the little one with the switch mm-hmm. that you switch on and it lights oh, up. Jesus. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so say – let's just say somebody's like the most obvious, mm-hmm. fraudulent, you know, just faking their way through it to collect 30 bucks from you at the end. Yep. Then – by the way, that was totally coincidental that I picked the amount of money that you charged for readings at last week when I said $30.
1: Oh, for the uh, the special event price?
0: Yes, I didn't want you to think I was taking a shot at you.
1: No, <laughs> no, because I just punch you in the face right. live on air.
0: So the, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't even know how much they charge for those. For, no. I know what I know what I know what they charge for the palm at the palm reading shop. I know what they charge for you, other things. Oh Jesus! Because it was in the paper.
1: Um, no, you wouldn't be taking a shot at me if you're endorsing me at events together. Uh, we, so. I do not
0: endorse psychic abilities in any way. Fine. I've never, I've never actually given an endorsement of your abilities.
1: You have not. No. But you'll tell people how. But if somebody's I am like, repeatedly. "Who is who is the
0: most real medium you know?" I'll say Stephanie. Right. But I can't. I freaked
1: I, you out enough for you to buy into it.
0: I can't give you an endorsement for for one reason and one reason only. What's that? I'm still not 100% ready to accept that it's real. I know you're not. I think that you can do it. I think that if it is real, you do it well. I think. But I'm not. Since
1: you've met me, you've become way more open to it.
0: It's, it's just denial for my own self. It's got nothing to do with you.
1: Right. No, I know it doesn't. All I right. have fun freaking you out.
0: Yes. You know that I'm just trying it's enjoyable to... It's for me. I'm just trying to deny the things that happened to me. But anyway...
1: I know. I know. I'm get, sorry.
0: Get, but getting back to the it's idea... more
1: of an acceptance issue on your end.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, I, t- that's why I said it's totally on me. But I do think that if, if somebody is going to, you know, storefront psychic and spending a hundred bucks a week and saying, but I feel so much better when I go then that's kind of the point. Because listen, I've gone to therapy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've had like three or four different therapists. And every therapist that I had was nuts. More nuts than me.
1: I think you kind of have to be in order to do that.
0: But these people needed help more than I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and I've told you about my first one where I was like, well, you know, I, he has he asked me a lot of questions. And I think it's really just kind of reverse psychology, <laughs> like trying to get me to see the, the, the light at the end of my mm-hmm. own tunnel. But in actuality, no, I think he just needed help. And so I've gone to these people, and mm-hmm. I know that, like, a lot of them, it's the same thing. They're just charging a lot of money for not really doing anything. And you're just sitting there and talking about things, and then you feel better about it at the end because you talked about it.
1: Yes, I can see that.
0: So they're just basically guiding a conversation that you're having with yourself. Right. And I think that a lot of these, you know, storefront psychics can do the same thing.
1: I see where you're coming from. I do I can't accept or I cannot say that it's a good thing that these people are getting some type of closure by going to a crappy wannabe medium because you're charging money and preying on somebody's grief, which is disgusting.
0: If you are... we got about a minute. I know. If you are somebody who... And and let's face it, if you're a good fake Mm -hmm. medium you're setting it up so that they want to come back each week.
1: Which is disgusting.
0: Yes. But if you are somebody that's just like, hey, thanks for coming, you know, Mm -hmm. one time, working your way through it, okay, see you later, I'm here if you need me. You know, if you're one of those type of people, you're probably not a very good fake medium. Right. But, you know, that can be cathartic and that can be helpful.
1: So, doing things like that or, because you're basically just wanting to make money off of it, that's all you care about. Um and you have to fake it till you make it anyways because you have to be able to make sure that your name gets out there and there's a positive, you know, attached to it. So that, well, we, we, that's we'll, one problem. We'll
0: pick this up on the other side okay. of the uh, of the news. We do have to take a break for the news. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500. I actually don't want to mess with what Matt set up over there, so I'm just going to let it nope. go. We'll just pull down the microphones Sounds so good. we can continue this argument. So you'll, see, you'll be watching on the Spooky South Coast app. Or on YouTube or whatever and, and seeing us like yelling at each other and it might even come to blows, but yeah. you won't have any idea what so we're saying. So stay
1: tuned for the, uh, the fist fight for sure. Yes.
0: And we'll, we'll pick this up on the other side and you can call in 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And I want to get into spiritualist methods versus modern technology and investigation as well. We'll be back in just a bit with more spooky South Coast. Hour number two of spooky South coast Tim Weisberg here along with Stephanie Burke we are back we are back we are talking about a variety of different paranormal topics but we're focusing on you know connecting through spiritual means and spiritualism the history of spiritualism a little bit and also the effect that connecting with spirits can have on people so you can call in at 508 508- Nine nine six zero five hundred-eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. We are getting some great conversation going in the chat room. You can join us there on spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. dot com. It's also on our YouTube channel, and it's also on our free app. So if you have an Android device or an Apple device and you would like to download the Spooky South Coast app, you can just go to the app store for your particular device and it's right there free of charge. What do you get in that app? You get the live video stream as it happens, right. you get the chat room access, you get all of our social media feeds, you get the audio podcast, the video podcast on YouTube, all of that stuff, and all you right get there.
1: all the archives.
0: Right there for you.
1: Yes. Very good. Can't easy. go wrong.
0: Although the archives are a little screwy right now. Some of the older stuff That's is okay. messed up. That's what happens when you have 11 years of a show.
1: Isn't that crazy to say?
0: I think when HipCast originally, like, when we originally signed on with HipCast, and they gave us the deal they gave us. They did not realize we were going to stick around for 11 years.
2: No.
1: And
0: we would have almost 500 shows backed up on their storage. Which is awesome. So I um I don't blame them I don't blame them for them creating an issue because we've got like the best deal in podcasting going right now.
1: I'm sure. I um was actually going through, you know, Facebook goes through your memories or on this day. I was looking through and saw that I was posting that I was co-hosting with you um, 4 years ago this month. So it was this week, four years ago that I came on as a temporary co-host. And then in May, I became a permanent co-host.
0: Well, you weren't, you weren't a temporary co-host then we were trying to get you on full time.
1: Well, I didn't know at the time that was your evil plan all along. we were kind
0: of auditioning you.
1: Ah, well, I'm glad I made the cut.
0: Well, you're still auditioning.
1: Am I? Yeah. This is just a
0: four year audition. Yeah. You still, it's
1: a uh, long time. How am I doing?
0: So far, so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. Mm. But, uh, in, I, I do. Uh, there was a, a, a share. Somebody did share something with us uh, during during the first hour. They emailed us, and you can do so as well. SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Would you like to share that email?
1: Give me one second. Yeah. And but, I will pull it up.
0: Sometimes people aren't comfortable with calling in. The phone number is 877 996 1420 if you do want to call in and share. Some people aren't comfortable sharing the story in their own voice. They'd rather just write it to us and send it to us that way. And you can do that. You can also. you can. Try and get us in the chat room, but the chat room flies by so fast as we're having the discussion. You can also reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive during the show as well.
1: Um, So this email, we'll keep it anonymous for now, but if you want to call and talk to us about it, we'd be happy to talk to you. It says, I had a scary thing happen. I was in bed. It was 10.30 p.m. at night, and there was this huge figure standing near my bed. It was scary as heck. So anyway, I blessed the home with a sage, and no more recent activity had happened in the home, so that's all.
0: And so, what is it about sage that has an effect on on spirit activity?
1: You know, I'd love to be able to give you the scientific answer to that, but there isn't one. Um, it's something that dates back to even you know Native Americans using. Um, I personally, I'll use it, but I have my own concoction um, of a my secret sauce energy spray that I use to to get rid of things. But I also use a bunch of different methods as well. So,
0: so you you, you have a, a a special formula? I do. Can people buy it?
1: hmm They can.
0: From you? I'm From talking. me, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: I make it and I sell it. Um, I actually, it clears Well, Well, they clear
0: my nasal passages because that's what I could use right now.
1: I mean, I could make you want to do that too. Okay. But um, it clears the energy around you in your home, in your space, but it also clears your own energy. So without getting into a whole discussion about auras and energy and all that stuff, it clears you as well. So- um I actually became pretty popular with a lot of my clients because women were going home and spraying their husbands while they were sleeping, and their husbands were waking up in a wonderful mood. So it became Magic Husband Spray. So that's how it uh, it kind of became so the, the, like
0: people can use this on their own; they don't need to be shown any special methods. No, or, you just okay. have
1: to spray it. But I usually give it to people that are um, you know in need of being able to clear out whatever's going on in their home. I actually just gave it to somebody Saturday night because they had a huge problem. So I said, you know, before I can get up there and take care of it for you, um, try this first and see how that goes.
0: So are you going to shave your head now and get a big gold earring and be the Mr. Clean of the paranormal? I am not. All right. I
1: don't think that's going to look very good.
0: It probably would look wicked goofy.
1: Um. Thank you. Thank but you for agreeing with me. It would. Mm, well, because so.
0: you're a girl, so you should wear two earrings.
1: Oh, that's the only reason I'd look goofy, yes, right? It's just one the only earring. Thing. Yeah, not shaving my head.
0: That was the only thing. So, the, you know, we were talking in the last hour a little bit about spiritualism, and I, it just, I I had to have this discussion and and this debate, and and it's something that I just don't think people understand. But what we do now as paranormal researchers and investigators isn't that much different than what people were doing during that era. No, it's not. I mean, Danny Roberge, Big Beard Studios, has a brand new version of Echo Vox that is dropping on Monday, I believe.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about that before we went live.
0: Like you should, everybody should get ready to check that out. But uh, at the same time, yes, you know, we're putting a lot of technological research into what it is that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's all the same thing. It's all trying to reach out and communicate with the spirit world, with these ghosts. Mm -hmm. So it's not that much different depending on if you're using a Ouija board. Nope. Or if you're using, you know, some sort of ghost box or... An app, or even just—I mean, people scoff. Yes. At taking a flashlight and unscrewing the flashlight and seeing if that will work, and I kind of scoff at it a little bit to myself because I know how easy it is to to get a false positive out of that. But I've also had—well, I don't want to say I've had because I don't—I've never done it. Right. Because anybody that has ever been on an investigation knows that once I get there with flashlights, they don't work anymore. <laughs>
1: Like last Saturday true. night as I'm pulling all
0: these flashlights out of the box from the mm-hmm. last event that we did, saying, all right, I'm putting fresh batteries into these. Who wants a flashlight? Why aren't these working? These are brand new batteries. Right. I just seem to kill flashlights. You do. You do. But I've seen other people run those flashlight experiments while I was there and had amazing responses to what mm-hmm. it is that they're asking. So in the end, it's all really just no different than asking Mr. Splitfoot to knock on the wall three times.
1: Right. I actually um, I think people look at me... As, you know, I'm just the person that comes in and talks to whoever might be there. Um, and I just do the medium thing. But, um, you know, at least, my background is in investigation. I was investigating for years before I wanted to tell anybody what I actually could do. And I like to experiment with things because I am a skeptic myself. And I believe we were in the Old Town Hall in Wareham. And um, I had an EMF meter going on top of the flashlight because i wanted to see if there was any validity to the flashlight trick because we had seen it on tv you know a lot of people say it doesn't work you know there's a scientific reason as to why it happens i've seen youtube videos that claim this and that as to why it happens i wanted to see what would happen if i had an emf meter and a flashlight go off at the exact same time whoever i was communicating with at that moment um there was historical documents to back up the names and the dates that I was coming up with. So I believe that I was actually talking to someone. But asking them to make both go off happened more than once right. at the exact same time. How do you explain that? How right. can you say it's not something?
0: I mean I understand how a flashlight works, you know, I understand how the right. connection is made with the battery from the right. two ends and that's how it works. So I know that you could just give it the lightest little bit of yes. pressure. And it will light up, but that's kind of the idea of why you do it, because it only takes a little bit of pressure to make it light up. Right. So, that's why if it's just like, hey, can you light light the flashlight, make the flashlight go off, 10 minutes later, oh my God, the flashlight went off, they did it, you know, but it's when it's responses to things and questions and -hmm. being able to give out false information Mm -hmm. and have it not react to the false information, but then react to the correct information, you know, it's...
1: Yep, it was a little too weird for me and I, you know, I'll never be able to prove it just like everything else, but... It it surprised me. It really did. Um and it it surprised the people that I was with too. At one point I think um we were all in it was an old vault and it was four girls and we were sitting there and everybody screamed at the same time because of how how shocking it was that it actually happened. And it was up on a shelf. We had um we were actually sitting in the dark and um we weren't anywhere near it, so it was even weirder.
0: So you mentioned the word that I think is starting to make less and less sense Mm. you said you'll never be able to prove it and I think that's the biggest problem here Mm -hmm. is let's stop looking for proof yes let's stop trying to say that we're going to come away with proof of something happening
1: stop using the word science
0: well yeah that that goes without saying because it's not (laughs) if science worked to prove this stuff it would have already proved it you can take a scientific minded approach Oh, yeah but that doesn't mean that you're you're going to be able cuz it doesn't fit into right. physics as we know it right now it's not meant to. we're changing our definition of physics and that could also change the way that it can fit right. but i'm just saying as of right now and so but the 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 real big problem though is proof no proof is ever going to prove it to everybody right so you're not really looking for proof you're looking for a validating experience and you're looking for validating data to, accumulate, to accompany that situa- that experience. So if you stop looking at this as trying to, you know, go out there and I'm, I'm going to get that one thing that I can show to everybody and prove it to them, then you're in it for the wrong reason. I mean, you're in it for the right reason because, you know, your intention right. is good, but it's just it's not going to happen. I agree. And I thought that 11 years ago. I was like, well, I'm going to be the one to capture <laughs> proof that's going to set everybody's mind to Naturally. the fact that this stuff is real. But you won't. And I've taken people to places and have them had experiences, and have them still not want to believe those experiences happened to them. Right. You just got to accept it comes at the territory.
1: What did you just say? You have to accept it. You have to accept that things can happen.
0: Right, but not what you're talking about. So
1: (laughs) you can't shut me down like that. But that's
0: but that's the issue that I think a lot of people have with this is they look at they look at the way that somebody else gets to that experience and they say, well, that's that's not right. Mm -hmm. But it was right for them. I mean, it made the experience happen. and, right. and it made So, I don't know. I, I just, I think that there's too much emphasis put on trying to come out. And if you look at the spiritualism era, mm-hmm. yes, there was people who were trying to prove that there were people hoaxing it. Of course. And there were people that were trying to prove the scientific rationale behind it and why it was happening. There were people who were perfectly willing to accept that there were people, communi- living people communicating with the dead, and we want to figure out how they're able to do so. So there was all kinds of dichotomies going on. But in the end, a lot of people and the majority of people who were involved in it were just in it for the experience. And if you believe everything, then sure, you're going to be taken for a fool at some point in time. Right. But if you're going into it with at least a health, healthy dose of skepticism and saying, you know, I really want to have something happen that will make, you know, make me believe, mm-hmm. then it can happen for you. So that's – I think that that's just the biggest problem is we think that because we're walking into this experience of interacting with a ghost with something that we spent, you know, $1,000 on, Mm -hmm. on a website, that we need to have a much more validating reason for it. Right. We need to have a much more stronger result as a result of using it than just going in and having a cool experience.
1: But are we any further along now than we were then? No. I don't think so either. No. I we're, think it's just more technological, but I don't think it's any. We're current. further along
0: in being able to share the experience with other people. Right. And being able to.
1: Well, yes and no. No, no I'm,
0: I don't mean have them happen to it mm-hmm. too. I mean be able to share with them what happened to us. Right. So, you all right, you go into a haunted place
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the 1800s mm-hmm. by yourself. You have a ghost experience. You come out. The only thing you have to back up your ghost experience is your word. Right. You go into a house, on a house by yourself in 2017 with a bunch of gear. You come back out. You have your story, but you may also have some anomalous readings. Right. You may also have an audio recording of what took place. You may also have a video recording of what took place. Right. And so now all of a sudden you have a little bit more stuff to share with somebody for them to... Consider your your experience a little bit more valid. You
1: know, we have recorders. We have, you know, multiple ways to take pictures. Um, We have that, but I still feel like it's basically the same level as it was before, just different means of doing it.
0: And, And I don't think, again, I have to take my brain out of, you know, 11 years of talking about this stuff on a regular basis. Right. But I don't think that showing... A majority of the world, the stuff that you have come away with from being in that haunted house and all of these anomalous pieces of data and video and photos and all that stuff, they're not really looking at that and being like, holy crap, ghosts are real because you just showed me this. Right. But what they're saying is, holy crap, what happened to you was real. Right. So it's still, you know, it's just them accepting your story. Mm-hmm. Not accepting everybody's story. I think
1: we've at least opened people's minds up to the idea of, wow, Tim and Stephanie had an experience at the SK Pierce Mansion. Maybe we should go next time. Maybe it can happen to us. And that's just opening people's minds up a little bit more than they were previously. And I tell people this all the time. If I can have a conversation with you, and that opens your mind up to the possibility of something else out there, that's all that matters. Mission accomplished. My job here is done.
0: But if you're too open, then there, you're going to think everything's an experience, too. So there's there is a, a line Meeting to the walked. Meeting the
1: right walked. person helps to guide you and mentor you, and that goes back to my argument with you in the last hour.
0: Well, we do have some calls stacked up here. And Next you can call up. on as well, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hello. How are you?
4: I'm good, thank you. My name is Angel, and I have some paranormal experiences. It was pretty crazy. Sure.
0: You want to you share them with us?
4: I'm sorry, you cut out. With, uh, I, said,
0: I, um, s- I said go right ahead and share with us if you'd like to.
4: Okay. Um, My husband, uh, he just passed a year ago Uh, and he and i lived in this town in uh, northern indiana and we were going to purchase the house so we were living there and everything was good and then oh about a month into the house we started noticing little things here and there like little noises and stuff that We were new to the house, so we just decided that, you know, it's just a new house. It's Mm going to have these kind of noises and things. Well, I have cats, and they say, you know, cats can see spirits. Well, there was a lot of times the cats are, like, clapping at the walls after something that wasn't even there. And uh, I just thought, well, it's probably a spider or something like that, and I'm not seeing it. Well... Then one day, um, and my husband's a truck driver, or was a truck driver, sorry, it's hard to talk in past tense with him, but um, he was a truck driver, so I was always home a lot by myself. But um, he was uh, in the kitchen with me, and we heard somebody come through the back door and saying, hello, and we thought it was my brother, and we're like, hello, hello, and we're, you know, come on in. Nobody come around the corner. So, and we looking at each other, going, "We did just hear that, right?" And he's like, "Yes." And we went around the corner, and nobody was there, and the door was shut. That was pretty interesting. But then it built on, and built up, and built up. I have a electric um, fireplace, and I'm sitting there in the living room watching television, and. All of a sudden my fireplace just comes on by itself. I'm like okay, so I click it off, I get up and I go to bed because I'm not going to question anything when this stuff happens. So then another night I'm sitting there and I had a really bad upset stomach and I was eating some, um saltine crackers. And you know, the cell thing on the crackers are kind of stiff and everything, and I had twisted them and right, set yes. them there beside my chair. And next thing I know, it's opening up, and then straight up, and then it looked like somebody's hand was going down into the cell thing, trying to get a cracker. Oh wow! Freaked me out. So again, I got up. I went to bed. I'm not going to question anything because I don't want to talk to something. So then another night, I'm back in the living room. This time, my husband's home. And we're in the living room, and we have uh, the DVD player hooked up to the TV so we can listen to some of the audios that he would listen to while he was in the track to pass some time. And we had the Bible on, and we were listening to Revelations. And we got through all that and everything and it was late and we went to bed. Well, that night, you can hear the TV and the voice was deep and everything and I thought, who turned the TV on? And I, and I couldn't get up. I was going to set up and our bedroom was right there by the living room and I could see out, but I'm not seeing the TV light on or anything. And I'm hearing this deep voice, but I can't move. I can see, I can hear, but I can't get up. And the next thing, I, I'm I'm freaking out, but then I'm trying to see him. He's laying there, and I'm fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to get up. And I hear this other voice, but in my head, because I can't speak or anything, I'm using the Lord's Prayer. And... I'm feeling myself, like, hitting a brick wall, trying to get up, trying to get through this, and I I felt myself faint. And I was like, oh, no, you don't. So I kept praying in my head, and then finally I let go. Well, it was early in the morning. It was about 7 in the morning. My husband gotten up, and I I normally would sleep in a little bit. Well, I was frustrated. So I go into the living room, and he said, no... He's like, you're up awful early. I said, I had a really bad night. He says, not me. I had a sermon at the end of the bed. I said, what do you mean you had a sermon? I said, did you hear that too? He says, yeah. He says, I've seen these uh, people at the end of the bed have rugs and everything. I said, well, good for you. But I couldn't get up, and I was being pushed down. He says... I could see him, and I said I could hear him, <laughs> and was freaking me out. So, needless to say, we bought another house somewhere else and moved
0: next <laughs> month. Oh well, thank you very much for calling in and for sharing. Thank you. All right, have a great night. Uh, thank you. Too. That's how Bye-bye. some that's how some people do it, though. That's just, some people say, "Oh, that's enough. Yep. Yeah, time to move."
1: Just totally okay.
0: And which is fine because there's always weirdos like us that are willing to buy the house that you're trying to absolutely. Move out Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
5: Yeah. Hi, Tim. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. I'm listening to uh, you talk tonight, and I've got a dumb question to ask.
0: There's no dumb questions, only (laughs) dumb people that you can ask them to, such as me. Uh, (laughs)
5: Well, you know, know, I've heard stories about, um, you know, ghost stories and whatnot, and one of the strangest stories I heard was uh, about a you know a ghost telling uh, the people, "Why are you haunting us from the future?" Have you heard of anything like that?
0: There's there's some school of thought that that's exactly what it is that we are experiencing. That uh, what we're experiencing is a. I mean, I don't want to get too much into the multiverse theory, but. There are, you know, there's a lot of science, uh, a lot of scientific research being done right now on the idea there being multiple versions of the universe.
5: Okay, Uh, here's my stupid question now. Is it possible for us to be haunted by a ghost that's not yet born yet?
0: By a ghost that's not yet born, so... You
5: know, like something from the future.
0: My gut feeling, and from what I've experienced, is I think that if we're getting a window that's opening our window opens into our past. So I think that it's hard for us to see into a window of something into the future. There is there is a theory that when people encounter UFOs and aliens, that those are actually just time travelers, future human beings. Um, but it's it's a little bit more of an out-there theory. I think in terms of ghost theory, I think that our window opens up to what has come behind us because I don't know if we would recognize what's to come. You know what I mean? I think because we don't have a frame of re- we have a frame of reference for the past, yeah, so we can understand when we think a ghost is a civil war ghost because we understand what the civil war was. I think anything coming from the future, I think that our minds wouldn't be able to quite, quite comprehend yet.
5: Oh, uh, because you know, like I'm thinking, it wouldn't be us opening up a window; it would be
0: them opening up a window to us. Right, and that's entirely possible that you know, it, but what what that would be is it wouldn't be you know somebody alive in the 1800s is looking into this window, what it would be if that was the case is just, in their universe, it's still the 1800s, and their ver- their version of the universe is what our universe was a 100 years ago. And so, they're rubbing up against each other, and one can see into the other. So we see into the past, and they would be seeing into their future, but... It doesn't work that way on our plane of existence, if you get what I'm saying. I'm I'm kind of talking around your question, but I think you kind of get what I'm saying.
5: I understand it probably, but it it, it was just a a curiosity-type question on my part.
0: I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to think that, you know, that a lot of the times that what we could be encountering when we have a ghost activity could be our future self. You know, maybe this is just us from the future after we've kind of left this body and turned into something else. Uh, you, you know, maybe that is us coming back to look back into our lives, you know, look back into what happened in the past. But I don't know. I, I get the feeling that even though time isn't really anything that we can really put our finger on being legitimate and not a man-made construct, I do think that for our version of time, it has to keep moving forward, and we can look to the past, but we can't really look ahead.
5: Jeff, yeah. Yeah, how about you? Have you ever had... Um... Um, a meeting with with somebody where it, it was strange where they told you things from the future.
1: Um, so in general, speaking with um, if I'm doing a reading for someone and I'm contacting their past loved ones, sometimes they will bring future information. Um, depending on the spirit and depending on you know how long they've been passed and um. They will bring in, um, for example, they'll tell me somebody's pregnant or somebody's going to become pregnant and what it will be. Um, that's just a small example, but they have brought up, you know, certain things that are going to occur in the future. So, yes, I have that, experienced that.
5: And that's strange about it, because they can see beyond us, but we can't see beyond ourselves. You get, get what I'm saying? In other words, they can see, like you say, into the future, in past, we say, this period in time, but I can't see past this period in
1: time. You can, if you know what you're doing and you know how to do it. Um, well, I don't, mean
5: like, I don't mean like me being a psychic. I mean like something in the, in the future impacting me, like them seeing something and telling me, oh, is going to have a baby and it's going to be a boy, and they're going to name it, whatever. You know, I, you know, something would have to impact me from, from out there coming towards me rather than me seeing something, you know, looking out that window. It would have to be somebody else opening the window and looking in at me and telling me.
1: It could happen either way. Um, I've had it happen both ways where I just know something, and, um, you know, I take note of it or write it down, and it does happen. Or I've had someone come to me and tell me, Um, specific information and speaking in psychic terms um, everybody has intuition everybody has the ability to um, develop psychic abilities because it's there within all of us it's just a matter of um, think of it as practicing a musical instrument you don't really know that you have a natural ability to do it unless you pick one up and you start practicing and some people are better at it than others when they first start and the more that you practice the better that you can get but with mediumship it's much more difficult Um, And not everybody that develops psychic abilities will develop mediumship abilities. You might be able to scrape the surface. You might totally suck at it. Um, It really just depends on the person and what they're meant to do and how far they're meant to go. But everybody can develop those psychic abilities where you do, um, you know, start to know things ahead of time. Very simple. You know, days before caller ID, did your phone ever ring? And you say to yourself immediately, you just know who it is before you even pick it up?
5: Oh, yeah. I've had...
1: Okay, so that's that's a very small, basic example of what you are capable of knowing. You just don't realize it because you just assume that you're a really good guesser. But if you practice that and you hone in on it, you can absolutely do what I do.
0: Cool. Right. Well, thank you very thank much you for too. the call. Yeah, I, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Tim. good work. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great night. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You. you brought up something interesting there in that, mm-hmm. in that response and that I've often said that you know being psychic mm-hmm. isn't like I don't I don't really consider that to be a gift okay I consider it to be something I think in terms of the psychic abilities that you have I think everybody can
1: yes I teach people how
0: And I think that everybody eventually will, Mm -hmm. but that—that is just one part of our brain that is open on yours and not on mine. Right. Mediumship is different. Mediumship is a gift that I don't think everybody can do. That. Right. And I think that it's probably the fact that you have that mediumship ability that has activated that part of your brain.
1: I don't know what did. I know I was born with it activated. That's what I tell people all the time. I think of it as like a light switch being turned on. Mine was already, already there but
0: so. i am I'm, I'm just going to i'll ask you this and you, okay. you don't have to give me an answer now you can take time and think about it okay and get back to me but you deal with a lot of people and we talk about this all the time about where people get the gift from mm-hmm. and that some people are born with it some people develop it some people have an accident and it comes to them yes. some people decide they want to try it and work at it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know and when we say people can't just suddenly decide to that they want to become a medium
1: very true
0: like you can't just say to yourself that, that talking to the dead thing looks like a pretty interesting way to spend the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Because even if they, even if that situation does happen, right. it's because that they were kind of called to it yes. being that way. So I just want you to think about this and think about how many people have come to you. Let me see if I can phrase this right the way that I am. Let me try and get the thought out that I'm trying to have. Okay. I want to know how often people come to you to... Become psychic
2: mm-hmm.
0: that already have mediumship tendencies, and how many people? Basically, I just want to know if, if 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 the data proves my what I just said before, of the fact that everybody can be psychic, not everybody can be medium. Are more people coming to you?
1: Well, what you just said the. The psychic or the medium. That's well known. Please use your
0: psychic abilities to figure out what I'm trying to say, because I can't say it.
1: I want to say a million things already from what you've said. So, people come to me, and I have noticed, same thing with, you know, teaching Reiki or the million things that I do. I feel like they're drawn to it. I don't have just regular Joe Schmo coming to me and saying, I want to do this, and Okay, so you know my personality. For those that have been listening for, to me for the past four years, have got to have picked up on the fact that I'm a pretty tough cookie. Um, I don't take this lightly. I don't, you know, I take it extremely seriously. This is my life. This is something that I did not ask for. I was forced into. Um by having the family connection and not really having a choice and not realizing realizing I was different. And it's not something that I decided, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I could sit here and give you an entire list of careers that I tried or that I went to school for or college for and, you know, working toward a degree for that was totally far off of being a psychic medium. I eventually had to just break down and do it because it was consuming my life. And I absolutely love it, and I love having this ability and being able to work with it. And I really don't think I'd want to be different, but I warn people all the time, this isn't something that, oh, wow, that's so cool, you can know things. Oh, wow, it's so cool, you can talk to whoever you want at any point in time. And I tell people, you want to learn, that's great, I'll teach you. You're not going to take one class and walk out a year and start charging for readings like many people I know have done. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be aggravating. There's going to be tear shed. There's going to be sweat shed. There's going to be blood shed. You don't know. You know, I'm not going to let you off. Well, I hope it's,
0: I hope you don't bleed because that would be an aneurysm.
1: Right, right, right. So I didn't say internal, but, um, I, I make it tough because this isn't the type of business that you can just go off and screw with people. It's not okay to do that. So, um... And I have had students of mine that have left and tried to give readings and tried to charge for readings the next day. And I'll be honest with people, if they ask me, they'll drop my name everywhere and say, oh, I learned from her. I said she took like a three-hour class with me and that's it. And it's not to put anybody down, but its you have to go through this journey. It's its a path that you have to walk on and you have to live and breathe. And once you open that door, you can't close it.
0: I think I've found a way to put it into words, okay. what I'm trying to say. You've... It's probably been an experience where people come into you mm-hmm. that want to become psychic who already have mediumship abilities. People aren't coming into you to be psychic and then later find out that they're me well, they might find out that they're me. You know what I mean? So like I'm saying the 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 mediumship will psychic well the, the mediumship will trigger the psychic ability. The psychic ability does not trigger mediumship, is what I'm saying. Correct. Okay.
1: All mediums are psychic, not all psychics are mediums. That's –
0: all right. But – I knew you'd have a better way of saying what I was trying to say.
1: I know mediums that – phenomenal. Phenomenal mediums. One of them you know very well. Refuse to have anything to do with their psychic side.
0: Well, sure. I mean, that's your choice. I
1: think it's just almost a fear or not really knowing where to go with it or how to deal with it. It's there. You just don't practice it as much as someone like I do. Um so I have helped medium friends get more in touch with their psychic side because they need
0: to. But as as we said, that people can't just sit at home and say, I think I want to become a medium. That sounds like fun. You can't. So, But that being said, can somebody say, sit at home, never had any flashes of any of this, say, I think I want to become psychic because that sounds fun and because Stephanie says that anybody can learn to become a psychic. And is it possible that they start down that journey and then realize that they have mediumship ability? does that yeah, happen? Yeah, if they're
1: naturally drawn to okay. it and it, it, it is there within them, it is possible. Um, I have had people come to my classes. So what I do is I normally teach psychic development first. You need to start somewhere that's a basic foundation. You kind of need to understand how that works before you go into anything else. And I've had people in my class refuse to learn that and just start trying to read people's past loved ones. Then I've told them, like, you have to stop. If you have an ability for it, that's great. We'll deal with that mediumship development. But right now you need to learn this because if you don't learn this, you're not going to do well in that second class. And it's not meant to be tough. It's meant to, you need to really like, you know, full circle, you know, look at everything. That's a huge spectrum, but you need to learn the basic first.
0: So learning the basics of psychic development, Mm -hmm. does that give you the ability to pick up on people's emotions? Yes, and give you the ability to pick up on people's, um, you know, just some of their own thoughts of what it is that they might be going through.
1: Depending on, because now you're going to get deep into this, psychic, psychic abilities go from, you know, A to Z. Telepathy being one of them. Not everybody can do that. So, same thing, like... I can look at you right now, I can tell you what you're thinking, I can tell you your past, I can tell you your future, I can tell you what's going on right now, I can tell you how you're feeling, I can tell you pretty much anything you want to know. Psychic readings are all about reading the person and their energy in front of you, what they have going on. Um, But it can also be psychometry, but psychometry can also be done in mediumship as well. And so, you know, if I wanted to, you know, if you hand me your wedding band, which you wear every single day, I can read you, um, which I do in my, my classes as well. And I screw everybody up and I put everything in a bag and everybody chooses something and they have to read. I have them write down, you know, everything that you're getting off of this piece of whatever somebody brought. But and then, you know, match it to the person just so you can see how well that you can do it. But you can also do it with a past loved one's picture, past loved one's object. And that would be mediumship. So telepathy is not something everybody can do. Psychometry, I absolutely hate psychometry. I cannot stand doing it because it makes me feel uncomfortable, but I am good at it, but not everybody can be. So there's different parts of psychic abilities that you can be amazing at, and then there's other stuff that you cannot be amazing at.
0: So then is it possible that you are thinking, because, you know, we've talked, to, we, and I always ask the question whenever mm-hmm. we have a medium on, whenever we're going to give readings, and right. caller, we will get to you, so just hang mm-hmm. on, let me, so let me wrap this up. But I always ask the question, you know, how does your gift work? How does it come to you? How do the, And some people will get... Some people can be like you, where there's somebody that walks right up and stands next to somebody. Right. Other people are just getting it in their head. Yep. You know, everybody kind of receives it a different way. How do you define then when what you're doing is actual mediumship Mm. and when it is just you're picking up on the psychic energy of the person who is looking to make that connection?
1: The basic answer that I can give you, because everybody is different, is... um, me, myself, because I can speak for myself at least, if I'm near somebody and I can hear your thoughts and I know that's what you're thinking, I've been doing this now professionally about 13 years, um, my entire life, not professionally. So um, I know the difference between a person coming to me, being able to see you know, a past person and have them say, hey, tell this person that's standing next to you this. Like, Tim, if you had somebody that came in... um, Your past loved one was saying, please tell Tim this or please tell him this. It's coming from a different source where I'm reading you and I can just pick up on different things that you have going on or I can also hear your thoughts, which would be more in the first person, not the third person, um, which is the easiest way that I can describe it without going into very deep details.
0: Side note, just side Mm -hmm. question. Has anybody ever – and I I don't want you to delve into this because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't – you're my friend. I don't want you giving me readings. I know. But has anybody ever come up to you
1: mm-hmm. that
0: said that they're somebody that's attached to me? Have you ever ac- actually had to encounter that? Yes. Okay. I apologize then on their behalf.
1: It happened the the night that we were filming in Wareham.
0: Yeah, but that was on purpose. I mean, that we were trying to make a connection for somebody in the room. Right. But I mean, also, it's quite possible that some of my relatives might just come up to you and start trying to talk to you.
1: I kind of try to ignore it, at least while I'm here, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to... Focus.
0: You probably should ignore them, is what I'm because okay. they're, they're just right. going to talk your ear off. Awesome. So that's basically what I'm telling
1: you. Wouldn't be the first time.
0: Like I would, I'd, I'd, I would never be like, "Hey, I need you to channel my grandmother," <laughs> and kind of like just you know share some of the things that she's saying because mm-hmm. you would. That's one phone call to the dead you would never get off of.
1: No, you don't no, think so.
0: No, my family is quite chatty, especially when it comes to talking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And speaking of chatty, you can call in at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You are next on Spooky South Coast.
6: Hi. <laughs> I uh, wanted to get back to one, one of the uh, things you were uh, talking about earlier. Sure. And um, it comes, um, this comes out of the fact that um, have you heard of the movie that's coming out on Netflix in the next month or so or something like that? There's a trailer that I saw a couple weeks ago called The Discovery. And it's uh-huh. a movie on Netflix with Robert Redford and other big names, and the basic thing is a scientific discovery proving the afterlife. And they get into the whole thing of what does this mean and all of the fallout from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks really good. I've seen the trailer for it.
6: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: It looks fantastic. Um, I mean, and I'm just taking a quick look here, seeing when the release date is, March 31st. Mm-hmm. So, so and it, I'm sorry, your question about it again
6: was? Well the, well, the question that gets into this is sort of like you're, you're talking earlier about investigation and so on, is, okay, so let's say you actually prove in a regular scientific knock-on-wood manner that there is life after death, that these things are real. Then what's the, what's the, what's the game after that? Right. People have been trying to prove the afterlife or whatever else in one way or another, so what happens after that?
0: And that and that's the question. I know at least in the series the idea behind that is that there's a number of people that are like, oh wait, there's an afterlife and it's better than this and then they just kill themselves because they wanna they wanna get to that afterlife faster. I think the problem with that is the first of all, I mean, if we prove that there is an afterlife, if we prove that there is something beyond this then it breaks down a lot of the man-made constructs around that. Because if we can prove that there's an afterlife, and let's just say that not only can we prove it, but that somebody can say, hey, you know, I'm the most notorious serial killer in the history of the world, and I'm speaking to you from the great beyond. Like, well, wait a minute, this guy was a bastard, and he got to wherever this place is, so why do I have to live this great, life you know why can't i live a life of sin why do i have to go to church why do i have to go to temple and so you would see probably a complete breakdown of a lot of
6: religion well yeah no i can see that i my own personal opinion is in favor of an afterlife but i think that a lot of it also depends on personal awareness and also personal responsibility the fact that you are per, uh, a reprehensible person in this life doesn't mean that you get to get away from all of the stuff that you did bad just because you chop a body on the sidewalk and you go someplace else. Right, right.
0: well, and I think that that's part of it, too, is, you know, the the fact that, again, as I said, you know, a lot of the, the rules that we put into this are, are man-made constructs, and I think that that's uh, a lot of kind of I don't want to say what's what's taken ownership of the of the afterlife but it kind of has you know like whatever your belief system is is what gives you your belief system of what the afterlife is so it becomes one of those things where why are you following that path why are you following that that doctrine if the end result is going to be the same for everybody and I think that's the the number one reason why We've been told over the years that religions look at what we do, what Stephanie does with her abilities, what you know somebody like me might do as a paranormal researcher. What we're told it's wrong to talk to ghosts and why we're wrong to talk to spirits is because they might give us the answers that we would otherwise be looking to from a church, from a temple, from a synagogue. You know, because all of a sudden we're getting the answers directly from the source. What do we need this other institution for, and why do we need to keep giving this other institution power when the power actually lies in being able to talk to these beings on our own?
6: yeah and it also reminds me of um there's that old uh comedy routine that someone did is like um uh, there's this guy saying welcome to hell and oh by the way the warmings were right or whatever it, it was was the punchline it's like you have all these options of which, what is the actual truth and you don't know which way it's going to shake out and people are going to um uh, they're going to be a little bit nervous about did they make the right choice or whatever,
0: right? I, I mean, I think in the end, it's if it's if the afterlife is a natural progression of just being sentient beings, if it's just if it's just the inevitable of what's going to happen to us, then in the end, none of what we do here matters. None of what anybody else tells us we have to do matters. It's just a natural progression, and I think that that's the biggest fear that people have is uh-huh. because if. If we know that there's no longer a need, because the biggest fear on earth that you can use against somebody is the fear of death. Uh-huh. That's why terrorism works. Uh-huh. So the reason why, I mean, well, not that it works. I mean, that's why terrorists proceed that doctrine because they know that instilling terror in people gives you power over them. And so that's the biggest fear. That, yeah, that's the if biggest you can't fear that people. Have.
6: Them, then there you go. You right.
0: Should. So if there's no reason for anybody to be afraid of dying. And if there's no reason for anybody to be afraid of making it to that next level of existence, then you have no more power to hold over anybody.
6: True. I think, you know, you're talking about a natural progression. I still think that it's still going to be rooted somehow in these personal choices and decisions that you make. That, you know, it's it's, the old joke of, Good news and bad news. We are responsible, but yes, we are responsible. It's right. good news and it's bad news at the same time.
0: Yep, and I think that's that's pretty much life. <laughs> that's, that's what I think <laughs> yes, that it like all, good, all boils get, down to.
6: Yeah, I get bad news. Yeah, you're responsible. I get good news. Yes, yeah, you're responsible. There's hope and not so much. There's hope and fear, in both sides of it. Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you. I just want to bring that up. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Okay, what happens when, what's the end game if you find out? Oh, yes, it has been proven.
0: Right. It's happening, and it's we're going there, and it doesn't matter what you do. And so, yeah, some people might say, hey, I'd rather just go for that now.
6: Yep.
0: All right, well, okay. thank you very much for the call. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. And, uh, yeah, that's that's certainly going to be a movie I'll be checking out when it comes out.
1: Sounds interesting.
0: It's. The, I saw the uh, the ad for it a couple weeks ago. And as soon as I saw... Like, you don't really realize exactly what it's all about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then as the the trailer goes on, you're like, oh, whoa. Because that would happen. I mean, if if you found out there was an afterlife and it was better than this, how many people would off themselves to just reach it faster? Yeah. And how many people would say, wait a minute, I'm going there no matter what? Why am I living this life that I'm living now? You know? Mm
1: -hmm. Because as
0: we... (laughs) Five minutes oh, left. Okay, that's I mean,
1: a long discussion for five, five minutes.
0: minutes left to to, to get dangerous into this. But we, I, we did a whole show one time years and years and years ago where we talked about you know the nature of good and evil and, and the nature of bad and good are all human constructs anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's your version of bad and my version of bad are two different things. Absolutely. You know, there's people who go out there and kill but think that they're totally justified and right in doing so. Mm-hmm. And just because it goes against our show, social mores. Would killing even be a bad thing if we found out that there was this greater afterlife beyond? You know, does that take away the stigma, then, of murder?
1: Mm, It could.
0: I mean, it still would, but...
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, you know, like, uh, do we consider, you know, a Dr. Kevorkian a murderer now? Or is he just somebody who's helping somebody transition to that next plane of existence,
1: you know? I think that's probably what they believe.
0: And, And think about it. If you are somebody who's a whose job it is, if you're a spiritual leader, if you're a member of the clergy mm-hmm. and your job is to make people feel closer to God, then wouldn't you be considered obsolete then if yes. people realize that they're already that close to God? Mm-hmm. Which is why I think a lot of religions have stood in the way of what it is that we do over the over time, over millennia, because they don't want those questions to be answered by people. Right. Because listen, chances are God doesn't talk to them.
1: Well, yes. And I've been told by certain people of certain religions that what I do is talking to the devil. But their, I don't know what you want to call them, whether, you know, their special person at their church, whatever their particular title might be in that religion, is the only person that's allowed to have abilities like mine.
0: Right. But they might think they're talking to God, but they could be talking to the same spirits that you would be talking to. Right. I, you know? Very
1: religious people tell me all the time. I had somebody tell me something about myself that they told me God spoke over them. It was 100% accurate. I don't think it was God. I think it was their intuition.
0: We have about two minutes left. We'll take this call very, very quickly. Uh, in case we don't get to it, we just want to let everybody know that we'll be back next week with our guest, R. Gary Patterson, my favorite guest of all time. I don't even shy away from saying that. <laughs> all right. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. we got about a minute. What's on your mind?
4: Okay, I just want to ask Stephanie a question. You made a comment that you said you did not choose this, that you were forced into it. Yes. Your gift. But I was wondering, could it have been something to do with the life contract you made before you got here?
1: Absolutely. I absolutely feel that way. Um, I feel that way about everything that um, we choose in our lives and different milestones that we go through and different tragedies or different um, big life-changing experiences.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, th- thank you for having a question we can answer in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. And that will pretty much do it for tonight's show. Uh, as I mentioned, next week we will be joined by our Gary Patterson. If you've never heard any of the shows that we've done with him in the past, this is a guy who specializes in rock and roll legends and curses. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode with him where we talked about all of the, the death clues and the Beatles songs and about whether or not Paul McCartney actually died. And uh, and you know, of yep. course, it's a hoax. But we talked about all that. We talked about the 27 Club, which is all these rock stars who die at the age of 27. We talked about whether or not some bands like Leonard Skinner are cursed. Mm -hmm. So great. And uh, you can check out the past episodes by going to SpookySouthCoast.com and looking for our Gary Patterson's name. And go on our app and you can find the archives. But we will have him on next week. I don't even know what we're talking about, but it doesn't matter.
1: No, it's going to be interesting. I know
0: he's got some new stuff in the works, so I don't know exactly what we're focusing on. But it's just absolutely 100% one of my favorite guests of all, my favorite guest of all time I'm, I'm, I'm not even shy about it anymore <laughs> I mean there's some that are really close 1A you know, right behind Gary but uh, whenever anybody's like Who's, what's your favorite show you've ever done our Gary Patterson every time just a matter of picking which one of the shows that he's been on that I like the best so we'll, uh, we'll talk with him next Saturday night when we'll be back to talk more about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night remember to go to SpookySouthCoast.com during the week follow along with us on social media to see all the news stories that we post up there for you to interact with us and maybe even have your comments read during the week and weird here on the show. And, of course, you can always get all of our archives there. It's all free of charge. Download our app, the Spooky South Coast app, for iTunes, I mean for uh, iOS and for Android. (laughs) It's all there. It's all free. And just reach out to us if you have any issues. SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. So until next week, stay spooktacular.